Welcome back to the pod where we talk about hype, culture, and design. The Earth's climate has changed throughout history. Just in the last 650,000 years, there has been seven cycles of glacial advance and retreat, with the abrupt end of the last ice age about 11,000 years ago, marking the beginning of the modern climate era and human civilization. Today, we will talk about global climate change and how sustainable design can help reduce negative impact on the environment by reducing consumption on non-renewable resources, minimize waste, and create healthy, productive environments. So let's get it. We all know that the climate change is like affecting us. And to those who don't really know about climate change, a very simple explanation to this is, think about Earth. There is an invisible layer that shrouds Earth that protects us from the sun's ray. And essentially, the atmosphere is composed with uh, different sorts of gas, like there's uh, carbon, there's oxygen, there's uh, nitrogen. Right now, with like a lot of like carbon happening, like from the cars and just the way we use gas, nat- natural gases, it's uh, tipping the balance and creating a climate change that is not natural and more of a climate change on crack it's speeding things up so much that a lot of things are getting affected not only in the north pole but here domestically where we actually live also recently we are recording this on fall 2020 so just recently we've seen a lot of like flash fire in the west coast so yeah how do we as designers can uh, help push awareness to this. For the regular designer, I feel like they have to think about the impact of their product design, whether it's materials, whether it's, can you make it lighter? Can you make it more, let's say it's a car, more aerodynamic, just more efficient product. And that has to go with, you know, correlate with uh, the engineers to actually can they accomplish your design? You have to think about that. Yes, you want to go green, but you also have to be, you have to think about, is it, is it achievable? Is this, is this thing you're trying to create achievable? And is, will it accomplish what you're trying to set out to do? Because if you just design something green, just for the purpose of being green, and doesn't achieve the goal, so that kind of defeats itself. And it can get expensive also. I've seen a lot of like, sustainable thing quote-unquote that are very expensive so it's almost some of these companies are using sustainability as a marketing tool to up their pricing which doesn't make sense because in a way if you are really trying to help the environment and prevent a disaster to happen you kind of want to make it more accessible right it's so funny that they use that as a PR because the idea is that like you're kind of if you want to make it environmentally friendly, you're kind of saying I'm going to subsidize like I'm going to pay a little bit, bit extra for everyone on their behalf so that the the environment's, you know, taken care of. But instead, it's closer to like, no, you the consumer can foot the bill on like if they want it to be environmentally friendly, then they can foot that like environmentally friendly bill 
Honestly, this is where Tesla actually steps in as one of the forefront leader of sustainability. I would say electric car has been very expensive and not a lot of people would eat that cost. And they actually created the Model 3 for the average consumer, which starts at 30K, right? Which is achievable for most individuals. And recently, they actually released a new news. There's a new news from Tesla that they are creating a 26K version um, car. So they even lowered it down by another like 15%, 15 to 20% from the 30K that they originally have. So they are definitely like losing some money, I would say. But in the long run, they are making money because they're building not only trust, but they are also building a community that that actually like rallies behind them. So speaking of like sustainability, while Tesla is building a community, there is this one guy in Portland. Timmy Twainies actually mentioned this earlier, how the system is against how a person can be sustainable. It's almost counterproductive because they penalize individuals that actually try to even help the environment, right? You want to expand more onto that, Tim? Right. I, I believe this happened a year ago or something like that. Uh, not super recent, but yeah, this guy just built a self-sufficient house. I guess he was collecting the rainwater and he's based out of Portland. Fact check me. Uh, and he actually got fined for collecting rainwater. He He didn't want to pay, you know, like anybody... They don't want to, if you can build a design and build a sustainable house, if anything, they should like, the government should like pay you. <laughs> You're like trying to save the environment. But yeah, he, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the, the laws in Portland, but yeah, he got fined and he had to, you know, stop, stop collecting rainwater. So, and it's, it's it varies from state to states. Um, uh, each state is different, the laws. But you would think like Portland, Oregon, you know, it's so green. Like, why would they do that to him? But that's a mystery to me. And now it needs to be more of a systemic change, in my opinion. I mean, how can you, how, where, where do we start with that? What can we do? I'm pretty sure all the colleges and all the architectural, big architectural schools are like, like the green is is incorporated into their like academy and 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 their and the courses and stuff it's like almost mandatory now because if you if you don't study how to design sustainable products or buildings or anything then i think you're going to be left behind it is the future uh just like you know coal mining was in the past like a lot of people made made a lot of money in in for coal, in coal mining but the problem with that is Coal mining is dying. It's it's dangerous. It's it's not it's not green. You know, it produces gas and stuff like that. So I don't understand like when those same workers we gotta like evolve as as a community as a nation and trying to give them another type of work instead of coal mining. But it's so politicized that there's always something involved. There's always big companies involved. So it's hard to start designing something or giving somebody an opportunity like the coal miners somewhere to work in the in the energy saving department or something like that 
but as a designer, I feel like it's very limited, but you should always have that in the back of your mind when you're actually designing something because that is the future. Let me tell you guys about a story about an agency that is actually marketing a product that they're very hopeful will change the world. So there is a company that's called Evolved by Nature. PSA, we're not sponsored by any of these companies, but holler at them. Often uh, we talk about clothing as being a huge waste product in the United States and in most countries. Clothes is a major issue. There's so much clothing that is going into you know, the garbage and waste and is not being recycled or reworn simply because I think partially because there's just not enough people to wear the clothes. People often will buy a lot of clothes, a lot of fast fashion, and unfortunately then get rid of it very soon afterwards. And so what you end up having is you have a lot of clothes going into dumps. So obviously there needs to be some sort of change in how you know we process and create clothes. And so a company actually found out a way where they can actually make biodegradable silk. They're calling it activated silk technology. What it actually does is it replaces potentially toxic chemicals. And on top of that, it actually improves the performance of the clothing. So can you wash this? You can wash them. Yeah, you can wash them. So when they biodegrade, it's more like when they are in the water for a long amount yeah, of time. Yeah, exactly. For a very long time. Are they expensive? That's the real question. Because one of the main concerns when you always buy some sort of like high priced thing, sustainable product, it's always you always market it gouging, yeah. gouging your pocket. They you always know? they always say is like, look, you're a better person by buying this product. Here, give us a hundred dollars for a t-shirt, you know. <laughs> and so which in a design perspective, that is the main goal if you are in the business of design right like making money but in a way we want to be also cognitively aware that we do owe the environment something because this is a world that we live in yeah so there's there's some interesting properties of this of this clothing tested and proven to last through a minimum of 50 washes so has good wash durability anti-shrinking minimizes shrinking by coating and protect and protecting the yarn's fibers and on top of that, anti-pilling, you know, reduces friction, torquing, and pilling for better-looking, longer-lasting garments. So I don't believe that this is a garment that can last forever, but it's a garment that can last for as long as you need it to within a re reasonable amount of time. I believe probably, what, five years? How, how, how long do you think the lifespan of a t-shirt is? My t-shirt? Yeah. I, my, I wear Hanes, and I can attest that I've had these t-shirts for the last 15 Sponsor years. Hanes. <laughs> Hanes, if you need somebody to help you create a good, sustainable t-shirt. We'll help you make those gains, Hanes. Let us know. So for them to develop this idea, what do you think the UX like design process going into it? There has to be a lot of research, right? Materials got to be number one on their agenda, right? Going into this thing. Absolutely. One thing to consider about this is that they aren't a clothing company. They're actually a technology company, meaning that they're selling the activated silk technology to other companies. And because of that, they're actually able to make it more sustainable. They're not saying, hey, we're making 
silk. We're putting it in our special t-shirts and you can just buy it from us. They're saying, no, we'll sell everybody this product. We'll sell everybody the technology. You guys can all use it for price, of course. So there's, there's a lot of design thinking going into it then. Yeah. So I, I could imagine Nike. I could imagine those like Walmart, like um, subsidiary brands for like clothing, whatever those are called. Um, I, I could imagine all of them buying the technology or making a generic version. Boom. Huge gains. Now, I know that this was already kind of a product that has been out for a little bit now, but I hope that they are able to market this really well so that this technology can get out there. This is like a real way that design has actually changed a product over the last few years. So back to Tim's question of how we could utilize UX within a sustainability design. So if we think about UX itself, it's usually like a three Venn diagram, right? Viability, desirability, and the feasibility of like how to create this uh, product. Within that three Venn diagram, I think as a UX designer, you have to incorporate a fourth uh, circle, which is sustainability. Yeah, like we go back at the very beginning and I'm just echoing what Tim said. Also, you have to be more cognizant at the material that you're using. And, you know, not all sustainable material are good and not all sustainable material are expensive as well. So you, you need to find that middle ground for the product that you are doing. And I think Nike has done this very well with one of their um, products, which is Space Hippie, their This Is Trash um, series. It, it not only looks good, in my opinion, it looks very futuristic, but it also offers a sustainable material for the shoe itself. Yeah. Nike is doing the right thing, but I feel like they're a little bit behind. Adidas did start, you know, the parley thing. Um, there's also another like environmental recycling company they partner with to create their sneakers. But it's good that Nike's moving towards, you know, sustainable products and products that won't destroy the earth. And, uh, I remember like there was a story back in the day saying that the air bubble from the air, the old Air Maxes was actually toxic to the earth. It wasn't like really Nike's fault because like at that time people were just trying to use like whatever material they can get a hold of, like the lightest material, the most innovative, but you know, they didn't put enough research into it and they suffered. So yeah, back to the space hippie, it's not really like a hundred percent recycled material it's only about 45 percent recycled material but still you know one step at a time right no pun intended on that one but you don't need to create a hundred percent sustainable if you cannot like justify the cost and how you you're able to resell this within the market but every little step helps i've seen a post in reddit that says some someone wants to be a vegan right but he, they love egg and bacon. And one of the replies was like, well, you can still like be kind of like a semi-vegan. I, I don't know how like, I'm not, I'm not a vegan myself and I'm not trying to tell people to go vegan or not go vegan. But just going along with the post, the reply was, you can still eat bacon and 
the eggs that you like and you can cut off like the rest and you know it's one step at a time you don't necessarily need to go cold turkey is what i'm saying right right i, I bet you he got flame for that too right he probably did <laughs> like he played in he said you can be a part-time vegan that's not what he said <laughs> i just want to part-time this bitch but uh, I mean, he didn't say like he want to be, he want a part time being a vegan. He just said that he wanted to be a vegan, but it's so hard to like give up bacon. Let go, gi- give <laughs> up being bacon realistic. and eggs, right? He's being realistic. Right. So one of the person that replied was like, well, that's fine. You can still eat the bacon and the eggs, but you know, like, be- because being vegan is like, I think it's just vegetables, nothing else. Yeah. You can't even like use animal, pro- like products that's been tested on animals or even like, products that that contains animal like hair or anything like that but yeah i mean he's going towards the right direction he is taking the right steps and he shouldn't be flamed for that but i bet you a lot of people definitely for it but <laughs> if you're trying to do something and it, it takes you it's it's hard like if you set a goal you gotta there's steps you have to take you can't just become vegan right away i feel like if you if you've been eating meat your whole life but he is trying to accomplish something. So, hey. More power to this guy, right? Definitely. And we circle back to one of our pods where we talk about Mango and his milestone. So setting up milestones, right? It's the same for sustainability. You set up milestone within like your agency, your firm, or even if you're the lowest person within the totem pole, within your organization, you can always set as an example and give feedback and Maybe your manager or your director would love that idea. And, you know, like there's no such thing as a bad idea. Go green, go green. <laughs> How do we apply to things that we're doing now? How can designers start designing more green? I don't know. Well, nope. you can, you know, it's tough, man. Use, it's tough. Useless paper. I don't know. Like instead of, you know, I mean, the world's moving a, that way. If you have a tablet, use a tablet, you know, instead of like just, you know. Don't buy extra clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard for Tim. <laughs> Tim's struggling. Do I have to buy like the Dang, whole? Shut, you have to, buy, you have to buy nice shit. Not 10 t-shirts that are different colors, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I got to look into that sustainable shirts. <laughs> If Kim is hearing this, <laughs> she would approve that comment. Listen, I recycle a lot of pairs of jeans to Madewell. Shout out to Madewell. And I'm helping the environment every day. <laughs> <laughs> are, you planting, are you planting trees in your backyard? It was to a point that they didn't want my jeans anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was donating, donating so many. They were like, what is going on with you? I was like, I don't know. I got fat. I got skinny. I got fat again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, every day you, you got to be conscious. You got to be about, you know, being environmentally sound, environmentally knowledgeable about what you're doing every day. It could be not wasting water, I guess, not not going all crazy and leave the lights on or anything. It's just little things, I feel like, as a designer. So I think that there's at least my understanding when it comes to environmental change, um, or I guess being environmentally friendly, what's in your guys' opinion is the difference between like putting, adding more stuff to landfills versus 
climate change. Do you think that those things are directly related? They are directly related because things that you add into landfill create methane. Right, 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 yeah. So anything that creates harmful gases affects our planet's atmospheric layer and it essentially deteriorates that layer and the more it deteriorates the more harmful sun sun rays comes in to earth that expedites the um melting of the polar ice um ice cap and or create like flash fires in like uh dry dry areas like the west coast yeah i know it's it's yeah the wildfires is crazy but what if you have to design what if you get the opportunity to design like a self-sufficient house would you, would you if i was an architect that would be like dream job because i am pro sustainability but what if you're not an architect what if you're just let's say you're you're probably let's just say you're given the opportunity to have a house built for you yes you you need an architect even if you're not but you can still put your input into it right you still yeah. it's just the way you know the I guess they're really the engineers behind it, but... Yeah, I mean, it's one step at a time for me. Definitely, it, it won't be like one of those, like, oh, I'm going to go off the grid type of, like, situation, right? <laughs> it's going to be like, okay, if there is a solar panel roofing that is affordable, why not, right? It will probably help me save some money from mm-hmm. my electric bill. Mm-hmm. And if I have, like, let's say the cost of, like, electric cars go down, that's definitely like something to consider right actually california has passed or is going to pass a law like by 2030 something that they will ban sales of new gas cars so let's just say the future is going to be full of electric cars right yeah that's it electric cars gas cars are going to be obsolete that means the sustainable design field is going to pretty much it's, be it's going to expand right it's pretty yeah. much going to be involved in everything whether it's the car industry um you know house building home building industry every industry is going to be affected and user experience is definitely going to be a key part of it because part of like product design even if it's a car a car is a product is the experience of the user right mm-hmm. one car company actually audi their seats for their new e-tron it's 100% from a recyclable uh, material. So it actually is, you know, one, one step at a time, not the whole car itself, but it's, it's battery powered and parts of the uh, material they use is from a recycled um, product. Shout out to Audi. <laughs> Ernest's favorite car brand. Yep, yep. That's his, that's his brand. <laughs> that's that's he's, straight up brand loyalty. He's, he's a brand ambassador, I'll tell you that one. <laughs> Um, I tell you, I tell you. Tell me why he always preaches like, oh, no brand. (laughs) Design is all about brand brand. loyalty, please. It's all about brand loyalty (laughs) in design. That's, they got me. Whoever's designing there is like, they got me good. They got you good. I'll tell you one thing. So the thing that I find interesting about climate change, there's so many different discussions but i feel like the there's not a lot of clarity around the biggest changes because like i do think that i do think that recycling um is important getting you know reducing the amount of waste that goes into landfills is important the things that i understand 
are the most important are, you know, like cutting out coal, natural gas and oil for electricity and heat, reducing, obviously cutting all of those things for, for vehicles, for transport, reducing the amount of cows farting. So killing off the meat industry, basically. <laughs> or basically Wait, factory, time out, time factory out, time out. farms. <laughs> Shout out to Beyond Meat. There Beyond are certain meat. there are certain um companies right now that are producing meat in essentially like in cell cultures. They're actually able to make meat completely from just like a cell culture, uh in like a little dish. Are we eating meat from a petri dish? Yeah, basically petri dish. <laughs> If you think about it, all meat starts off as a cell anyway, within the womb. Do you think that technology would be available or that kind of production would be at a mass production rate? Like, when can I get this meat? Well, they said <laughs> that in late 2020, it, they'll be having it available in, in some higher-end restaurants. Really? Push that back in by San Francisco. a year. You wow. gotta push that back by a year. Twenty twenty never existed. Yeah, twenty twenty got wiped out. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like that 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 liquor. Remember, I brought to you guys. Yeah, they made it in a lab. Yeah, yeah. lab liquor. Wow. it's like an alchemist liquor. You have some alchemist wow. made out of chemistry. Mind blown. Mind blown. Yeah. I mean, that's what science is for, right? It's for innovation. Right, but somebody had to think about it, right? Somebody had to think <laughs> yeah. really hard so, about it. Yeah, but you gotta all like. We go back again. You got to start small, then go big, right? It's not going to just happen overnight. Right. It could be something that annoys you. You could design something that, oh, it's environmentally friendly and it's going to get rid of my problem. <laughs> right? It's mm -hmm. always about solving a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Problem solving. That's, that's the main thing when it comes to design. I think one of the main problem is a lot of these uh, current events like flash fire is not happening of most people's like backyard that's why they feel like it doesn't affect them and a lot of like the climate um global warming is global warming was branded so poorly people think that global warming means like it's gonna be like a hundred degrees out there but look what who they're going against they're going against like big gas companies right it's not just how they like yes al gore he could be kind of he could sound like a robot sometimes <laughs> pretty monotone but it's these big gas companies they have so much money they're lobbying these it's a lot of politics that's why you gotta vote you know shout out to voting it starts locally within your within the system and psa it's almost november so register to vote hashtag register to vote that's something you can make a change yourself it doesn't matter who you're voting, you know, your voice matters. So just register and go out and vote, exercise your right. And climate change is real. <laughs> There's still people who doesn't think climate change is real. Now, one thing I think we should talk about is uh, if humans do shit the bed and, uh, <laughs> you know, so, so we're told that we're told that if we go up over two degrees, the world will never go back to being uh, the same again. It it will, uh, you're, we're going to have, you're going to have more storms. You're going to have more, you know, wildfires. Um, you're going to have the ice melting, right? Um, New York city will be flooded underwater and like basically the East coast will look like a desert. 
basically what they're saying. You mean the East Coast is going to be underwater? It's going right? to be either underwater, and later on, in like thirty or forty years, it's going to be like a desert. Become a desert. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Dang. Where are the humans going to stay? So in the, the question is, how do we design? Because let's let's be honest. An escape route. Let's be honest. Humans ain't very good at at, at actually uh, getting to the solution, even if it's right in front of their face. And they say, 10 years from now, guys, we got 10 years. Everyone's like, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll get around to it. It's actually seven years. There's that New York clock that counts down. It goes lower or higher, depending on like the situation yeah. of like the whole well, climate the number, thing. The number is dependent on a lot of things. But, but it's a seven year something right now. So... <laughs> and it's going down fairly quick. Well, let me tell you. Go out and vote, please. <laughs> if if uh if we do shit the bed and we fuck this up <laughs> like really badly, and it gets like way past two degrees, like it's three degrees. <laughs> um, how do we design that we can still live in the floods? Okay, you you you're already thinking like it's gonna happen. Well, yeah, I, I I'll be honest. I hate to be I hate to be a pessimist, but realistically, I don't think we can make it. <laughs> I don't have faith in my, my hot my take. <laughs> Dang, I don't think we go. can make this. I mean, being completely all right, let's say post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Sort of are we going? <laughs> are we going Kevin Costner with the water world? Are we here? going Mad Max? Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? Mad Max meets Kevin Costner. Um, <laughs> if this happens, what do we do? Put the houses on stilts. <laughs> what do we do? Do we have to move New York City up a few inches? It's like a Tupac video. <laughs> All I'm saying is we got to create a time machine in the next seven years. Oh, I, I think we're that Marty McFly. I think it's easier to actually design a house with stilts than it is to design a time machine. Why, why stilts? Why stilts? Well, shit, we're going to be underwater, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay if there's a good use case that anybody or any city could which which city do you think it was copy it would be venice Ven you have to copy venice because that place is like literally either underwater when there's a high tide or you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and i think it's a good user case that you know just to research how they're doing it and then slowly adopt those within your community that is interesting if, if your if your government allows it because because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hearing again, that new we, york city is going to be I, underwater again we go back to the government so if A you lot. if you want to let's say if you want to go off grid and you think this is going to happen <laughs> right so Time to live buy it first buy a cyber truck <laughs> buy a cyber truck Pray, so praise the run. lord elon you can run it over everything. I heard that thing doesn't even fit in a regular go run over everyone running from the floods. <laughs> yeah, drive straight through move the floods. To move to Colorado and smoke. Colorado, weed. yeah, num number one energy saving state, and it's the highest land in America. It, That's where all the boxers yeah. train because it's like high altitude. And, and it's, it's more than just highest uh, in terms of altitude, boys. Uh, 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 I mean, you know what? It's getting uh, legalized almost everywhere now. So. Legalized marijuana. Guys, release that gas while, from the environment. While you guys are smoking that good, good, goody, 
the world is sinking and burning. <laughs> it's simultaneously How sinking and burning. How do you stop it? <laughs> so, okay, just cut down all the trees in California. Make a big arc, like oh, make an arc. Do you know? Do you know what's so crazy? So there's like deserted towns in Texas and California because of the drought and like the fires. Literally, like a ghost town.、Mm-hmm. Like you can go to like there's like a Walmart or something like that. It's like vacant. There's like normal looking houses, like everyday houses. Like、mm. what's going on? Like how can we do do something like every day? Like they had they were they, they were forced to move. You know, right. That whole area is like you can't live there. It's, isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, almost like self-sufficient houses are are needed in the future, right? Yeah.、Mm-hmm. To a point, like, okay, if you can't live on the land, that's like death. That's like the end of you know humans. Like, you can't if you can't live in a if and if that area spreads, that's crazy, right? If you think about it, it is spreading. It's like everything's getting burned down. Every the like. Like we're talking about, like climate is getting hotter.、Mm-hmm. There's going to be more fires next year. So in 2300, is literally the United States is going to look like a desert if if it continues to go at the speed that it is right now. The United States and all of all of China, all of India, all of the entire、uh, the entirety of Europe. Think of like like that line right where Canada starts, but like push that line all the way across the the world. Anything below that will be a desert. Anything above that won't be. Like white from snow, it'll be green because like all of a sudden, so all of a sudden Russia will get ton of forestry, ton of green, which is crazy because it's like a Siberia,、yeah. it's like a because it's like, like, like so cold right now,、there. but everything's gonna be melted. <laughs> yep, yep. So some places actually Canada will do fine. Canada will go from white to green. Okay, so we're moving to Canada. Yeah, basically. I think everybody has to move to Canada. In the last four years, not for sustainability <laughs> reason. Well, that I guess it is sustainability. They're trying to sustain themselves. Raid the Canadians. That's one solution. Can't go. Can't go right now. Can we go? Are we? Are we? No. 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 We're, we're on the ban list. I don't think. Well, I think we're on everybody's ban list, but still. <laughs> I think it is still banned for America to go to Canada because of COVID.、Uh, We've passed two hundred k. It's so sad. Yeah, and two hundred k of what? Go out and vote. <laughs> Two hundred k deaths. Go out and vote. Yes. Yeah. Two hundred k deaths. Yeah. R I P. But R I. But R I P to this planet if we don't get this shit underway. Again, PSA. It's almost November twenty twenty. Go register and vote. It's September. You, you got a month to get your stuff ready and exercise your right. And with that, we'll see you on the next one. This episode is edited and produced by Ernest Chua, and brought to you by the Alpine Black Team. This podcast series would also not be possible without listeners and supporters like you. One way to support us is to just click that follow, share, and like button. For any comments or feedback, email us at info@alpineblk.com, at and we'll see you on the next one.